Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Hi there, folks. Welcome back to the WP Tonic um, Wednesday interview show. Um, we've had a little bit of a Christmas New Year break, but we're revigored and ready to come back. Um, this is episode 255. We've got a great guest, um, which I'm going to let my co-host introduce. Um, but before I introduce my co-host and then she can introduce our guest, I'm going to quickly talk about our sponsor. And our sponsor is Kinster Hosting. And I've been raving about it. Oh, I'm going to rave again. Uh, basically, we've been with them for about three months. They're hosting the WP Tonic website. Um, Brian Jackson, which is their marketing um, guru at Kinster, is a personal friend of mine. And they decided to become our sponsor, and I was looking for a new host. So it was meant to be, folks. And I've been delighted with their disservice. They migrated the WP Tonic website. And it just went so smoothly. Their staff are so helpful. And it's just great value. So if you're looking for a real specialist WordPress hosting company, go to the show notes or go to the WP Tonic website in general. There's a load of banners and links to Kinsters. Um, They are referral links, I want to point out. So you'd be helping the show as well if you use one of those and go up and join join for yourself or join for your clients and you're just going to have a fantastic experience now i'm going to let my co-host kim introduce yourself kim hey everybody it's kim shivler i am a business and technology and communications instructor and instructional design consultant you can find me at kimshivler.com or tweet to me at kimshivler. I'll be tweeting some during our event here because we are live on Facebook. We certainly are. And um, why don't you introduce our guest and let's go straight into the interview, Kim. Excellent. I would love to. I'm really excited about today's guest. We are interviewing Brian Massey of conversionsciences.com. He is a conversion scientist. And we're going to dig into what that means with Brian, but from an overview, it is helping you that when you get people to your website, having them do what you want them to do, because we know that that's the critical part. If all the traffic's coming, but they're not doing anything, you're just paying extra for bandwidth. So that's what we're going to be talking to Brian about today. Brian, say hello, and if there's anything else you'd like to throw in uh, about yourself, please let us know. Hello, and if there's anything you'd like to throw in about yourself, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm in literal mode today. Good night, Gracie. That was a lovely introduction. Um, that was a lovely introduction. I don't know what else I would add in. All right, then let's go ahead and get started because I'm excited to learn about conversions. So people worry a lot about SEO, you know, getting the people to their website. And yet once they get there, what happens? And that's where you come in. Mm -hmm. Correct? So tell us a little bit about 
what that means as you start your strategy, okay, we, we, most people kind of are no SEO strategies. We know we want to drive traffic to our site. Now they get there. What's the first thing you would start with them on uh, to make sure that they're getting whatever they need? Well, it is, um, so the question is, we all, you say we all know that we want search traffic. We want good SEO, great content, we want search traffic. And when you ask someone why, they usually get stuck on, well, so we get more traffic, but why? Uh, so that we get more traffic. Why did you put up a website? Oh, we did that so that we could move the business forward. Well, what does that look like? Uh, that looks like us building a list so we can continue to market through um, email. That looks like generating leads that we can pass to our salespeople so that they can call and close people. Um, that looks like selling things online if I'm running an e-commerce WordPress site. And when you start talking about that, you realize that nobody puts up a website to get search optimization traffic. They put up a website to move the business forward to start relationships with people online. And then search optimization becomes a tactic for uh, getting more people to start those conversations. So uh, I, of course, am biased because I'm in the conversion optimization game. And, um, but I think they've got it backwards. I think starting a, you know, this whole, we're gonna generate eyeballs and see what happens is not gonna work for anyone except a well-funded unicorn in Silicon Valley. Those of us on WordPress need to start with, what do we, what do we need people to do? Now, I built my business on WordPress. We are, we've been doing, Conversion Sciences was founded in 2007 and it was essentially me putting on a lab coat putting up a WordPress site and starting to teach the marketplace about the new, the arts, the tools, the vocabulary, the disciplines around conversion optimization. Basically understanding what people want, understanding what you're not giving them that's causing them to go away to your competitors and understanding how you can try different things until you find the things that deliver what they want. Um, in all of that time, we have never had outside outbound sales. It's all been inbound. So I don't want to discount the value of the content because it was very important early on when no one knew what conversion optimization was and didn't realize that it was the first thing they should think of. It was the first thing they thought of. They just didn't call it that um, up until now where um, there's a constant stream of folks that understand it, the importance and um, are giving it priority in marketing. Uh, so the content is important. The search optimization is only important when you've got your conversion optimization game down. I tell people not to build out their social media uh, strategy until they get good at getting people from social media back to their site. And it's the same with search optimization. Both conversion and search optimization are long pole, so it takes a while to improve them. Um, and so there's no reason you can't do both at the same time because you do need that traffic if you want to start doing some more sophisticated things like testing. Uh, so did I answer your question? Yes, that's a great answer. And it actually leads me to my next one because I like that you mentioned it is a long game. And there are different things to look at because just like with SEO, which a lot of times I hear people throw around little strategy techniques 
that really aren't getting to the full picture. Mm-hmm. I hear the same thing with conversion. You know, I hear people on podcasts uh, announcing that it's as simple as, you know, pretty much making sure you've got red buttons and things like that. Is that oversimplification? And if it is, what actually, how actually should I get started instead of looking at some of those tips I'm hearing? Yeah, well, so conversion optimization is important now. And so everybody, all the agencies are adding it to their websites and saying that they do it. And they believe that conversion optimization is good, de- so good design. If I'm good at mm-hmm. designing landing pages, then I'm going to have high conversion rates for my ad campaigns and my search engine optimization landing pages and um, all of those, those things. Um, and it's not. It is about... It's more fundamental than that. It is about understanding your visitors, which is marketing kindergarten, not even marketing 101. It is marketing kindergarten. I have to have some idea of my audience, my customers, my potential customers and prospects and before I can do anything intelligent. And conversion optimization is about understanding that at a product level, but also at a psychological level. Um, it is about understanding the things we do that we don't know we, why we're doing them. But we'll always make up a reason, right? So um, those folks that are talking about conversion, great. They're expanding the market. They're making more people aware of the importance of it. Um, if you're not – my job in 2018, and I'm happy to kick off my year this year, is to – turn you the listener into a scientist i'm sorry but this is just going to have to happen and you are going to have a ball with this i if you don't consider yourself mathy you're going to be just fine if you got into marketing because you love the human communication piece of it you're going to be just fine if you got into it because you love to write and teach and to motivate people you're going to be just fine as a scientist you don't have to go in the basement and look at screens for hours at a time you've got to get good at two things number one asking questions and number two uh, understanding how you can measure the answer to those questions and that's all conversion optimization is we have ideas for red button you see you mentioned the red button before the red buttons make everything better right that's an idea we don't throw that away, even though I know the answer already because I've been doing this a long time. Uh, we say, what, is there a way that we can uh, try this and collect some data? It's digital. We can watch people interact on our website. Uh, Google Analytics is an amazing tool, and it's free. And yes, even you liberal arts majors can get into Google Analytics. I promise you, you can. Um, so this is my challenge, is, is making people, uh, giving people a little bit of confidence, getting them those first wins, and then having them embrace science. I'll send you a lab coat. I'll send you a beaker <laughs> mug for your coffee, whatever it takes for you to remind yourself that you are a scientist. Um, and if we have time, I'll tell you a story that will convince you you already are a scientist. But does that answer your question? It does. And I'm glad you brought up the scientists because uh, you, you do a good job of explaining to us why we're already science, scientists, even those of us who think we are, as you mentioned, mathematically challenged, which I am. You know, people know my story. I got into c- computers because I found out I could take programming instead of calculus. 
that's how I came here. So I would love to hear the story of why we're already scientists, because I think it's a good conversion in that way for people to understand. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I love to tell the story. And uh, the premise is that if a 14-year-old can be a behavioral scientist, anybody can be a behavioral scientist. So my son, when he was 14 years old, built his first computer. And he was spending his own money. He was way into several digital communities, digital games. Uh, it was where it's the it was the it's the new mall. Those of you that have teenagers know that the the online worlds are the new malls, at least for boys and <laughs> girls as well. Uh, so, if he didn't design and build his computer right, he was going to be stuck with it for two or three years with a suboptimal gaming platform for uh, everything. It was, you know, all of his socials as well as gaming uh, joy. He had picked everything out and had narrowed things down and was, and there was one component left. It was the motherboard. The motherboard is the main board that everything plugs into. And he was, there were two that he was interested in. They had about the same, they had the same features. They had the features he needed and they were the same price. One of them was five-star rated and one of them was four-star rated. So if we weren't already behavioral scientists, if it wasn't already wired, we would say four stars is not as good as five-star. So you buy the five-star, right? But even at the tender age of 14, he was smart enough to go and look at how many reviews were driving those ratings. And as it turns out, the five-star review motherboard had five reviews. The four-star reviewed motherboard had 250 reviews. So he knew at the age of 14 that sample size was important. Statisticians call that little n. It's the sample size that you're going to be using to predict how things are going to behave in a broader sample size, which, you know, him buying the motherboard, he wanted to predict that he would buy the best one. Um, and it was what he was doing, even though he didn't use any of these terms, is calculating the error range. So five, sample size of five has a really large error range. That five-star motherboard could just as easily be a one-star motherboard or a 10-star motherboard if it went up that high. Whereas the four-star motherboard, we knew it was going to be four-star, maybe three-star. It might even be five-star. But the, the range of error, the range of confidence was smaller, so we were more confident in four stars than we ever would be in five stars. And he chose the four-star motherboard. And I didn't have to prompt him teaching that, you know, dad with the lab coat. Uh, and none of you is, is, is sitting there scratching your head going, hmm, is that, is that really the way it works? Because every time you go on, on Facebook to see how many people have liked your last post or commented on it or shared it, you're using behavioral science to shape your next decisions. The uh, New York Times bestseller list, the Rotten Tomatoes freshness score, using these other, the behaviors of other people to make decisions in your life is something that we all do. And this is what conversion optimization is. All we're doing is watching the behaviors of people on our WordPress sites, understanding which of our changes is, is improving things for them, and they're voting with their wallets or they're voting with their contact information. Um, and... The things that aren't, we stop doing them. The things that are, we keep doing them. How, how, how easy could that be? Congratulations, everybody. You're a scientist. I love that. And we don't have to learn all the fancy terms to be a scientist. 
So what happens though, if, if I'm someone and I don't have the good traffic to my site yet, because it takes some traffic to truly do a test, correct? Mm-hmm. Where would you tell me to focus while I'm trying to build up that, that traffic? What's the one thing I can do while I'm building the traffic that's going to give me a little bit of conversion bang for my buck? Sure. Um, so there are really two kinds of conversion optimization. Um, what There's pre-launch optimization, which is all the things you can do to make your uh, landing pages or in the case of WordPress, since so many of us are using it as a content engine, we really need to think of our content pages, our blog content pages as landing pages. They are landing, they're search, uh, search optimized landing pages, which means that they have two jobs to do. And I'll go into that um, in just a minute. But um, what we, we can uh, optimize uh, before we launch, a piece of content, uh, an ad campaign, an email campaign, and we can optimize after we launch. And there are some some things happening uh, in the marketplace that make the tools for, for instance, I can, uh, let's say that I'm, I'm running a piece of content and I'm wondering which headline, I've got five headlines that I'm wondering which one of those is going to be best. I can actually go online and bring 10 people to look at each one of those headlines and tell me uh, a score of whether or not they would read that content. And that will is small sample size. It's 10 per experience, but I will get some feedback on that that will help me choose that one from other humans, as opposed to just me picking one. What's the sample size there? Sample size one. <laughs> so we can grow our sample size from one to 10. You can buy 25. You go online to a tool like Usability Hub or Helio, and for two bucks a person, you can say, here is what I'm, I'm trying to test. They come, they look, they answer your questions, and everything gets better as a result. So that's a very simple way of bringing people to your creative and seeing which of your creative choices is most likely to win. Then you roll that out and you have the post launch process in which you get to look at your analytics. So you're seeing uh, things like how long people, when pe- people come to that page, how long do they stay? Is it above or be below the average for the rest of the site? Um, are they looking at other pages as a result? And most importantly, is it driving them to click yes, here's my email address and name, I wanna take that lead magnet or yes, I want to subscribe for more of this content so I get it in my inbox. Those, it's Again, we haven't done anything science-y here, but we are actively working to give our visitors what they want on a campaign-by-campaign basis. Um, if you want to apply that to something like your site-wide navigation, what should be on my menus for my site-wide navigation? Uh, come up with some ideas and then put this in front of some panels and ask them to complete a task Say, what would you click on if you wanted to find information on X? See how many of them get it right. And that will tell you which of your navigation schemes is most likely to win. You launch it, and then you can use a tool called Hotjar, which is very inexpensive, that will show you where people are clicking on any of your pages. Uh, there are a number of things that, that we can go into. And I go into these in, in the trainings that I do. Um, online. Um, so if anybody's interested in those things, uh, I think uh, you guys can share some of the details of that. That's great. Um, I think we're going to go for our break, folks. When we come back, we're going to learn more 
about page optimization from the professor. Uh, we'll be back soon. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we're coming back we've been delving a lot with brian the professor uh about page optimization do you want to wrap up with a question kim and then maybe follow it then follow it then throw it to me let's get my words (laughs) jumbled there yes i have one more and then i will throw it to you um So Brian, you teach this, and we're going to talk a little more at the end about an upcoming class I'm excited about you've got. You also work with companies and major brands helping them do this. You actually have services to do this also. Mm -hmm. In your years, since you started this several years ago and you've, you've been doing this, what was one thing that really surprised you in a project, either your own or something else, that... It was a change you made you weren't thinking that was actually very impactful. Um, you know, I think probably my favorite story is this. And, and, and again, to those of you that I'm trying to bring into this uh, science world, I want to make this point. The science and the data gives you a safety net to be more creative. And um, as an example of that, Um, We uh, do a lot of work in the addiction treatment center space. Uh, We're optimizing on the web for phone calls, actually. And we consider it very important because you can save families, you can save lives. Uh, Imagine somebody finally being able to kick an addiction that has dogged them and their family for years. We consider it pretty important. Um, We had a landing page that was performing well, but it had a very simple headline. Um, We can help call and the phone number. For those of you that are optimizing for phone calls, put the phone number in the headline, you'll get a nice bump in, in phone calls. Um, we th- our hypothesis was if we were more emotional that we would get more people to call, that they would feel more comfortable calling if, rather than just that. So we tested a couple of uh, headlines and narrowed it down to two. One was uh, speak to a compassionate rehab specialist call and um, are you ready to start healing call? And these are kind of two ends of a spectrum that we typically do. But because we were going to do an A-B test, we were able to put one curveball in. And so we added in, are you ready to stop lying? We can help. Call. Now, if we weren't doing an A-B test, there's no way in hell that we would lead with, are you ready to stop, stop lying? It's, it's too risky. It's too out there. But because we were testing we got to put it in the mix. So imagine all the ideas that you've had over the weekend and it just dogs you all weekend. You think it would be amazing, be a real differentiator. Um, it, it meets the, the brand voice. You're really excited about it. And you get in on Monday and you realize there's no way you could sell it to the boss. There's no way you could just go with it. Well, guess what? Now there's a way to collect some data and find out if you were right. 
when we did the test, you probably are not surprised that um, Are You Ready to Stop Lying won. It increased phone calls by 43%. Now, this is a, this is a business where we jump up and down for five, seven, 10% increases are like, yes, 43%. And because we had the data, we were able to measure that. And that's what we ended up going with. So I invite everyone to allow themselves to be more creative by embracing the safety net of, of data and science. That's an exciting story. I love big numbers like that when you get those. Jonathan? Yeah, yeah um, fascinating, Brian. Um, when I'm talking to, to clients, or I've been talking past couple of clients and they're talking about funnels and page optimization i get a, a certain um service thrown at me it's called click funnel uh, mm. a certain russell branson uh, uh what do you see the strengths of click funnel and why do you think clients might at, might at the beginning or at a certain stage be better off looking at wordpress uh, WordPress instead of ClickFunnels or as a, as a compliment? Wherever you want to take it, Professor. So I think that ClickFunnels does a very important fundamental thing is it is bringing uh, conversion optimization to the, the masses. It's making a lot of things simpler. Um, it is uh, really helping to define each of the conversion points that we're dealing with and giving you some tools to optimize those. Uh, I'm a fan. Now, I have not used ClickFunnels in my business, and we haven't done any optimization on ClickFunnels. Generally, people using ClickFunnels don't need the, the full WordPress court, full court WordPress uh, team that we bring to the, to the table. Um, so uh, uh, I, I hope that answers your question. I, I think it's a great thing. If that's where you start, that's where you start. And the, you're going to quickly get – you're going to be doing science. They won't call it that. Um, and you're going to start getting up the learning curve on how you isolate specific ideas, collect data on them, test them. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan. Well, I think it's a really fantastic answer, Brian, because um, it, it really has put this whole subject um, into clients' real consciousness and given them, helped them with their vocabulary so they, they actually know it's a real issue, don't they? Because a lot of the time, you you know, half the battle is training somebody that there is a problem and giving the vocabulary to express it. Uh, that is, and so the words are powerful. We know, number one, that words are powerful for teaching, for motivating. We also know that if, of all the ideas we come up with for optimizing a landing page or a website, we always start with finding the right words because the words and their, their component images um, are the most, if we don't get those right, then we're going to have a really hard time optimizing the site with um, layout or button color or whatever else you might come up with. So, um, yes, they're helping to give word and voice to the, 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 uh, the space. The, the, the story I like to tell is at some point someone looked at the stars and, and introduced the concept of a constellation a series of a group of stars that created a picture soon became the gods and everything. But someone introduced that word, constellation. And I'm sure it was different in Greek or caveman. <laughs> but uh, the power of that, turning the sky, a bunch of white dots into something mysterious, from something mysterious to something that you could tell stories around, that's 
that's what they're doing. And that's what we should be doing in our content. So if you've got somebody that um, sorted their on-site SEO, sorted out the way Google's indexing the site and all the problems um, that build up with a site, um, anybody that says to me that their site hasn't got index problems or fundamental problems that need to be cleaning up, I think they're deluding themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, After they've got that kind of on-site, um, problem fixing stage and then they're, and then they're going on to look at their content and what we've been discussing hey this might be a bit difficult but i've got to ask it brian is there a couple areas where on their journey that they should start with um about getting their site to a slightly higher level yes treat every one of your blog content pages as a landing page. And a landing page has two jobs. Keep the promise made in the ad, the social media post, the link that was placed in um, the search optimization, an email that you send where there's a link. Keep the promise made by that. And if you don't know what the promise is that's bringing traffic to the page, then you're not building a landing page. Fortunately, for a content page, we know what the promise was. Come and and see this content. Come read this content. Come watch this video, whatever format we're using. So a a blog content page naturally keeps the promise. So first, first job taken care of. The second job is to bring the visitor to choice. Not the choice to read or not, although that's one that your headline, subheadline, and opening paragraph and subheads has to do that's good writing that's good engaging writing um let them know that there's a choice that they can start a conversation with your business that this content was created specifically to find folks to start conversations um and that can be done a number of ways we have weird names for these sorts of things but um We've got um, what we call a lead top hat, which is an offer or an ad at the top of the content, above the content or just below the headline. You can do a coffee break, which is an offer inside the the content. It can be an ad or it can be done as a, uh, uh, a, um, uh, like a subheadline. There are uh, sticky shoes, which is something at the bottom after they've read through the people who've gone to the bottom are the most engaged and most likely to take your offer and your offer can be sign up for the, the get the blog in the inbox or a lead magnet that's relevant to the content. Um, and so there's a number of these concepts. There's uh, the jilted lover, which is what we call an exit intent pop over. When somebody's leaving, it pops up and says, Hey, did you know? Um, those sorts of things are uh, what you should be considering doing. Um, and this is bringing the visitor to choice. Say, I didn't invite you here to entertain you. I do hope I entertained you and motivated you, but I really brought you here to start a conversation. And now I'm going to ask you to make a choice. I'm not going to just let you, uh, no choice is not, is not a choice. So they have, they can reject you. You got to be ready for that or they can embrace you. And the thing is that after you've gotten your SEO down, after you've got your Facebook ad strategy down, it's going to change. The only asset you have control over, is your subscriber list, your customer list, the things that you can convert that traffic into. And so if you're building assets for your business, you don't want to do the, what they call the digital sharecropping. 
You want to build assets that you own, control, and that uh, are people that you're engaged with, that you're, it's your tribe, it's your community. Yeah, I think um, you, I, I love some of those titles, actually, Brian. You get full marks for creativity of yeah. those. Um, I told but, you science was fun. Yeah, you've, you've, you've come with it. Uh, um, but I think the bigger thing is that um, you clarified something that we've been discussing during the show during 2017, is that so many web professionals, when they're working with clients, the content is almost the last thing that gets discussed or placed on the website because it, um, and it's not down to the web professional solely because it's not very sec, it's not seen as very sexy. Um, the actual look of the website, the um, size of the button, the moving of a banner by two pixels is much more interesting. And so, well, the, so the content tends to be left to the last minute and just slapped on. Um, but that is, fundamentally a big mistake isn't it brian well let me leave you with this um i cannot persuade with design i can persuade with words i can persuade with images i can persuade with audio like we're doing right now i cannot persuade with design design helps make those other elements more visible and more persuasive so when we launch a website we spend most of our time dorking with colors and how this looks and what goes in the menus, um, the layout, which stock photo are we going to put on the page? Heaven forbid. Um, that's where most of the, uh, the budget goes to the designers, the graphic designers, they can't persuade and they're going to be really bad at driving people to the right content if you don't already have the content. If you are spending a lot of money and you're getting designs that say lorem ipsum sit delore, you are uh, going down a wrong path. You are going to have a beautiful website that um, I'm not going to say it's definite that no one's going to be interested in, but you certainly aren't focusing on the most important elements. Yeah, I see. Um, I think design is important, Brian, to a certain extent as a kind of fix and finish um, consistency. Um, it's important for credibility. It's important yeah, for authority. I, I don't and, and user interface. Those designers do things that I don't know how to do. They, you know, they know how to use color and font and size and white space and negative space and positioning on the page. That I I admire what they do. So I don't want to discount what they're doing. Their role is. They're, they're, they're put in a position where um, what they do makes it harder for them to do a good job because they don't have the content yet. And I exactly. think it gives them a disservice. Right. I think we're going to wrap up the uh, podcast part of the show. Brian's agreed to stay with us, folks, and um, discuss more of this fascinating topic for about 10 more 15 minutes, which you'll be able to find on the website, the video, with a full set of show notes and a transcription of the interview as well, plus with all the leading links um, to the products and services that we've discussed through this fascinating conversation. Um, I'm going to let my co-host and myself um, um, and our guests give you details how you can find more about them. So, um, Kim, how can people find out more about you? You can find me at kimshivler.com. That's all the different programs that I have. And Brian, when you tell us about yourself, make sure you tell us about the upcoming course for people who want to dig deeper into what you shared with us today that's been so valuable. 
Yes, Brian, tell us how you could be found and especially about this course. Yeah, so the six-week course in which we are going to turn you into a scientist and make you really comfortable with all of these moving parts uh, is at conversionlive.com. And um, if you want to come and check out our blog and some of the things that we're doing to um, make turn our landing pages, our content pages into landing pages, I welcome you to come visit. There's a free mini course on the site at conversionsciences.com. Uh, you may want to go through that, and that's a collection of nine articles that will begin to get you up to speed on on the state of the art in conversion optimization. Sounds great. Um, I've got every confidence in the wizard Brian turning you into a... <laughs> After you've gone to the optimization college, uh, um, you'll be able, you'll be turned into a little miniature wizard. Uh, um, if you want to find out more, conversion um, warts. Yeah, if you find out if you want to find out more about the folks, it's quite easy. Go to the WP Tonic page and find you'll be able to find out more about me and Kim, and also go to my Twitter at Jonathan Denwood or join our Facebook group or page and we're going to be putting more stuff on there in the coming weeks um and if you're feeling very uh, generous um leave us a review on itunes it really helps the show we've had a couple of good ones we've had a negative one i'm going to read out the negative one next week because it made me <laughs> laugh uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> all feedback is most welcome uh, um, and we'll be reading out some of the new reviews during the next couple of weeks um, and laughing so it's been a great interview keep um, go to the webpage like I say and you'll be able to um, watch and listen to some more of this conversation we'll see you next week folks bye thanks for listening to WP Tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week